Welcome, Path Folk, to the Find the Path Ventures actual play of the Tales from Dark Moon Vale. This is part two, Crown of the Kobold King. We're still alive. <laughs> still now. alive for now. Not for lack of trying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was a close thing in the last room. It was it, quite close. It was, uh, that was not fun. No. Yeah. We're, we're not, not off fun. to an, We were off to a great start in the first room. We were like, man, we really, we really got it kicking these kobolds. And then we walked into the second room and went, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, on the plus side, the only person who got severely injured was Clove. Yeah. It hurt a lot. It was very severe. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm aware. I can see the HP here. bar go down. <laughs> as, as Ross as the GM is like, uh oh. I can like, see it's more visceral when you're playing on Foundry or whatever, because you can see the little HP bar. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. I think I was talking uh, recently about uh, Hell's Rebels thing where I was saying how I'd done a conversion. I know that you might or might not be using the conversion that Faisal's done, but I'd done a conversion. I did the first attack. It was like a perfect 20. And I went, did I balance this creature correctly? <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been there. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> this suddenly doesn't feel balanced, right? And then, then afterwards, everything balanced I mean, itself isn't, out. Isn't but. this version of the Kobold King kind of a special Ross and Paizo's re-release mix-up? It is, though that particular creature was in the Paizo version. So, yeah. <laughs> uh. So we have no one to blame but Paizo. <laughs> Man, the Grick, though. Yeah. That's classic. It is a classic uh, dungeon crawling monster for sure. So glad I got a chance to run one of those. I think I shared this with uh, with Ross and uh, Jessica during one of our after party streams. First Saturday every month. Mm. Plug, 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 Twitch, plug, check plug, it plug. out. <laughs> Come to Twitch, check it out. It's very entertaining. Everyone has a lot of fun. But I don't think Jordan was there for it. I was not. So whenever we'd fought that thing, I'd mentioned an obscure, relatively obscure, I use air quotes there, a uh, short story oh, that gosh. involved a giant worm thing. And uh, I remember kind of poking fun at Jessica because I, I think she and I think Heather had a similar reaction of, oh, God, Rick's got another short story. However, <laughs> it was fresh on my mind because it was story number two in the collection that Jessica and Jordan bought me for my birthday. <laughs> so that's why it was so fresh on my mind. It was delightful. Oh, we did it to ourselves. So as I said then, you only have yourself to play. <laughs> also, thank you yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, but I bet you're all wondering how we got to this point. So let's go ahead and have a quick refresher wherein our heroes had emerged into Drosker's Crucible. Uh, you had gone into basically the front level, which seems to have at one point been a dwarven sanctuary of some kind. Drosker's Crucible, is that the name for this place? Yes. Uh, in fact, Drosgar's Crucible was the name of this place back when it was a cathedral to Drosgar. Inside Drosgar's Crag, which is the name of the yes. mountain that you're in. I recently looked up the height of that mountain because I was like, I wonder if it'd be a nice like post-game thing for like Grim to take everyone a little mountaineering climb and all the rest but, of that. And then you saw how high it was. <laughs> Why is Grim climbing the mountain? It's only like 700 feet shorter than Mount Everest. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that not, is one heck that. of a volcano. <laughs> that is massive. It's a volcano too. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 If you if you had asked me what I thought the highest peaks were, I would have just guessed the Five Kings Mountains because mm. I have. There's no scale on. They're basically any of the, the Five Kings Mountains are basically the Himalayas. Is this mm. adventure going to turn into one of those '90s volcano movies? Um, oh, that'd be amazing. Like, 
No comment. Oh, gosh. It turns into, uh, what no is it, Dante's Peak? Dante's Peak. Peak. Uh, I don't remember the one in L.A. Or with Volcano. Tommy Lee, they came, Tommy volcano, I think, was the one. And they came out at the exact same time. Yeah. Uh, it is yes. always funny how there's always seems to be like two movies with very similar themes that come out at the same time. Yeah. I always remember Dante's Peak because I remember being horrified by the scene where he gets his arm hurt and his elbow is literally sticking out of his arm, like the bone. Ooh. And I was just like, I remember that horrifying me as a kid. I just remember. Uh, swimming in the uh, the hot spring or whatever it was, and then suddenly the temperature jumps up like 200 degrees or whatever. <laughs> oh, and yeah. some people. Talk about oh, being a frog Also, in a they pot. probably have some nice hot springs around here, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going in them. <laughs> not after that story, I'm not. No hot springs or lava in this particular, or magma even in this particular cavern. So, well, good. not yet anyway. That was the last room. Just yeah, horrifying monsters. True. Just horrifying monsters. So, yeah, you walked in to find a quartet of kobolds excavating uh, parts of an obsidian dwarven statue unfortunately to the point where the statue itself is no longer recognizable as anyone in particular uh, the unquote, top excavating. half mm. basically is missing you say excavating I think Grim would say defacing I mean yeah that's fair in an almost <laughs> literal way defacing like face <laughs> yeah, off. true that's okay they're dead now yeah, that's true. Those kobolds are all dead. Uh, you did manage to dispatch them before they were able to run off and potentially alert others that you are here. From there, you decided to start going in a counterclockwise direction, uh, heading to the right and investigating a large magma pool of some kind that was there, is no longer. So technically, I didn't lie at the top of the show. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, so that's how however, it's going to be. Upon finding it, uh, you were assaulted by a creature you later found out was a Grick, uh, who basically Horrible. charged in straight over toward Clove and started just tearing into her. Mm. It was bad. Fortunately, she and the rest of you valiantly fought back and managed to slay it before it was able to kill anyone, uh, which it was a little close there. Not going to lie. It was like three hit points away. It was very yeah. close. It was, it was very it close. It was not, not a good moment. <laughs> no. Uh, from there, though, uh, yeah, you had investigated the pit in the center. I believe it was Amaranth who determined that the magics within uh, were actually divine in nature. They also needed to be continually upkept. Apparently somebody or something, which I don't get to say as often as I would like, uh, <laughs> is coming around and actually activating this thing continually. Uh, that said, Grim, I believe, offered up some prayers and shut it down, at least for now. Shut so, it down. Yeah. You headed uh, from there north where you found a poor unfortunate headless soul who had died presumably <laughs> to his head being ripped off if I remember correctly. Yes. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Tatum's kid. Yeah, maybe. Which is a little creepy that there's something ripping people's heads off. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just the predator. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't check to see if the spine came too. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a skull for his question. He's very efficient with that. Yeah. I don't believe in goblins and ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Just predators and aliens. Uh, yes. Actually, Grim <laughs> speaks goblin. I think he believes in goblins. I, I, I think he probably believes in ghosts, considering believe in ghosts also. they're real and uh, Yeah, again, mm. it's it's not one of those things where it's like, there's very little evidence of that. It's like, no, you can literally pick up academic tomes on ghosts and spirits and hauntings and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think most of the time, if you're in a fantasy world, people that say, like, if they say, I don't believe in ghosts or whatever it is, it's because... I don't believe ghosts are responsible for this situation. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure yeah. since in you're in a case. world where ghosts really exist, everyone believes in them, but then people falsely attribute things to ghosts all the time. Yeah. So maybe it's I don't instead of I don't believe in ghosts, it's I don't believe it's ghosts. I don't believe yeah. it's ghosts. <laughs> I can't believe it's not ghosts. 
<laughs> Real ghost-like taste. It's only half wow. hours. I don't really know what ghosts really would taste like. I'm just imagining ectoplasm. Like, well, Hatred like, what does ectoplasm taste like? Does it taste like Jello? Like, I think it tastes I, like emotion. Blueberry is what booberry tastes yeah. like. Oh, so that's right. Blueberry uh. is what booberry tastes like. No, high C because that's the one that used to have Slimer on the box. Oh yeah. Uh, you unfortunately have no ghost to taste test. So in the meantime, uh, you had you had decided to go north and uh, looked inside of a room with a strange pillar inside, one that seemed to have a number of arcane runes upon it. Uh, as you approached, unfortunately, you weren't able to determine that there seems to be some sort of well, trap in this room, as upon stepping fully into the chamber, you heard a soft click as electricity started to shoot oh, up right. through yeah. the pillar in the center of the room. The runes are now glowing a very bright shade of blue as electricity crackles, and uh, we'll go on ahead and pick it up there. Or we could not. We're in danger. Yeah. Yep. First, to briefly re-describe the room, however, just to uh, just to get us back into things. Uh, you are standing in a room about maybe some 30 or 35 feet to a side. It is more or less a square chamber with four alcoves jutting out of it. Decide. The southern one is the one that you came in from. Uh, there's one to your left, which is actually uh, closed. There seems to be a door closed there. One to your right, which is an open passageway leading down to a different hallway, and one straight ahead of you, which is another closed door. Interestingly enough, all the doors in here seem to be metal instead of the traditional stone or wood that you've seen elsewhere in this cathedral. Because it's conductive. Yes, all the better to electrocute us. Yes, exactly. (laughs) The electricity crackles into a fever pitch as blue lightning shoots forth from it. Wonderful. And I will need a reflex save uh, from the party. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's not my best save. Reflex, you say? Yep. <laughs> you sure this isn't fire? I am 100% certain. <laughs> oh, right. no. oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. We're all doing badly. Oh, no. That's actually no. my best save, and that was not a great roll. That was terrible. Mm. Um, mm. Now I'm going to use my hero point because... Uh, uh, I think I'm going to re-roll mine as well. So to say, y'all do, you should have hero points, so feel free to use them if you wish. Okay, I think we I will do, too. but I really don't have a great modifier to start with. That was me rolling a nine, so I That's would need fair. to... I'd need to re-roll pretty good. <laughs> well, Clove rolled a big five for an 11. <laughs> Alright, that re-roll was totally worth it. I got a 19 on my second roll for a 25. Very I did good. do better at my second one. Uh, so I rolled a three for a 10, re-rolling with a hero point. <laughs> Everyone immediately <laughs> goes to the hero points. I go from a three to a four, which means I now have an 11. <laughs> Oh, I, I always hate how it trolls you for one better. It's technically better. I know. It is literally the worst. Go Holy ahead and give crap. me another nat one, nat one or something. You're just adding insult to injury. I'm so devastated. Technically dear. better. I rolled a 16 for a 26. All right. That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, the rogue that's being really good at this makes sense. Yeah. Rogue yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Estrella. Uh, well, originally I rolled a two for a 12. And then I decided to hero point it, and I got an eight for an eighteen. I mean, that is an improvement. <laughs> it is an improvement. It's not. It's not as bad as Amber. True. Uh, and yeah. I didn't bother re-rolling it because I rolled a nine and got a fourteen. 
A nine for a 14. Jeez. All right. One second. I do have a yes. question for you. I have a rules question for you, Ross. Absolutely. Here it goes. Retributive strike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Does a trap count as an enemy that has damaged my ally? Technically, no, because it isn't a creature. It is a okay. trap. It's a hazard. I would think it would. Yeah. So I, I do appreciate you asking, though. I tried. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Because yeah, this is going to hurt. Well, here's the uh, let's do good news, bad news. Do you all want the bad news or the good news first? I go ahead and just hit me with the bad news. Bad. I'm already having a bad time. This Very so, well. So Whatever makes the most dramatic story. The bad news is Grim, Amaranth, and oh, no, just Grim and Amaranth, actually, uh, because of yeah. the rerolls. Grim okay. and Amaranth, unfortunately, fail. Uh, everyone uh, else actually succeeds, so okay. uh, you will take okay. half damage. Unfortunately, there were no critical successes. Okay, I have to know, did the plus one make that not a crit fail? Sadly, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, why did I torture myself by asking? I should have not asked. To be fair, I am wearing breastplate and carrying a heavy steel shield. I was going to say, you're extra like, conductive. I'm very conductive. <laughs> I'm in a, in a dapper, ca- I guess it's my glasses that must be like made of like, you know, metal or something. But Use it shoots out for that high iron diet. He got zooped right in the face. <laughs> he just eats a lot of red it, meat. I took it right on the bridge of the nose, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but it shoots out for five points of electricity damage. So uh, Grim and Amaranth take the full amount. Everybody else takes half. Well, there went a quarter of my hit points. Ow. (laughs) I'm such a squishy wizard. From there, the trap continues to whir as... Back Several up, of the doors close. Oh, oh no. no! Oh no! Oh no! And ran. others swing open. The good news is I'm not in the I'm not in the As room. But still, the magnetic pulse begins to pull all of you toward it. There is a door oh. on the left hand side as a wire grate actually closes ah. from above all of you uh, on the right hand side, where once there was just an open passage. Oh no! It's a yep. death room. It's a death match and a. We're having a And match. now I'm going to need initiative oh, from no, the party. I'm not comfortable with what? Ross using the term magnetic pool. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing a breastplate and that would be still shield. <laughs> I'm wearing hide. So aside from my weapons, which are metal. I was going to say, my weapons are metal, but I'm actually only wearing leather armor. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing Grim's hide. Grim's in trouble, so though, because Grim's okay. in metal. I'm in danger. Yeah, Grim's in danger. Well, we're all in danger. What, who are we kidding? I'm glad and not glad that I'm in the room. All right, so let's go ahead and get initiative from everyone real quick. Clove, what did you get? Clove rolls a seven for a 14. Fair enough. Clove is very surprised. Um, yeah, so surprised. Amaranth. Amaranth, having gotten a severe tasing, <laughs> uh, rolls a six for a 10. Ooh, jeez. And you're all right. Yeah, and outside sure. the room, which is also surprising. Yeah, so door slams shut between uh, Amaranth, Astrea, and Clove, separating Amaranth from the rest of the party, which may or may not be great. Celestine. Uh, Celestine rolls a nine for a 15. All right, that's not too bad. Astrea. Uh, Astrea got a 17 for a 24. Very good. Nice. All right. And finally, Grim. Grim got a perfect 20 for a 25. Wow. All right, there you go. Nice. This woke him up. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like a little shock. But yes, as you start feeling this pull, as all of you can hear these doors slam open, uh, Grim, you have first initiative. I do. Um, however, Grim's going to delay until after Astrea goes. Very well. So Grim delays. Then Astrea, it is your turn. Let me at that door. 
Australia's gonna immediately get out of the way. <laughs> Very well. So I'm gonna try to stay toward the wall because I think you said there's a magnetic pull pulling us toward the center. Uh, it seems to be, yes. So I basically am trying, I'm, I'm buckling down my weapons and then I'm gonna kind of move along the wall and try to stay back, but uh, leave room for Grim to get up at the door. Fair enough. Can I maybe make a perception check to see if there's a way to like, I don't know, throw something at this to turn, turn the it off, turn power it off. off? A little seek action? Yeah, you yeah. can do a seek action. Yeah, let's let's do a cone because I kind of want to direct it toward that pillar. Fair enough. See what I can see. Anytime people do the seek action as a cone, my brain just immediately goes to Metal Gear. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, a little, like little map and people's like cones of visions. <laughs> uh, stay alert, everybody. What? 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 Western Alcove. We've got company. Once Estrella points it out, all of you become aware looking over in the Western alcove, that there is something there, something flapping around. Okay. You begin to see a small shape fluttering in the far corner of that alcove. Ooh. You actually can't see it clearly enough to identify it yet, but at the very least, you know something's there um, in this position. All right. And from there, uh, Grim, would you like to re-enter the initiative? I would like to re-enter the initiative. Grim re-enters. Uh, it is your turn now. I'm going to do a uh, free action release. Just uh, go ahead and drop that uh, that hatchet. Uh, free Very action well. release. Go ahead and drop that shield. Going to go ahead and step, reach into my bag, pull out my crowbar. All and right. just ram that thing into this door. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to go ahead and try a quick uh, athletics check because my athletics is good. This is dwarf on dwarf violence. All right, Grim, go ahead and try your athletics. See if I can pop this thing open. God. Oh, no. You have a hero point. You can't go lower. You did roll a nat one. Yeah, since there is a critical failure on this, I'll go ahead and try re-rolling that. Fair enough. Nice. That's better. It's a 19 to attempt to force this open. Very well. So with a 12 for a 19, Grim jams his crowbar in, wrenches it as the door slams backwards almost into Amaranth, but it does open. Oh, hey. Uh, the door seems to already start sliding again toward the middle of the room, though. Because mm. of the magnets. Mm -hmm. It's going to continue to pull it, so this may only be a temporary solution. I was going to say, leaving seems prudent, actually. I'm not going to be able to leave the room before the door closes again, because yeah. I was the one that opened the door if it's closing. No, Ooh. I don't like this Ooh. artwork, oh, Ross. Oh, no. no, no, that Ugh. better not be what I think it is. I think it is. I was, I was hoping for lightning Miffet. I thought it was going to be Lightning Method too, but much, I, oh. I think this is worse. There was a headless body. Oh, there was a oh. headless body. Oh, yeah. man. Player knowledge, not character. A greenish yeah. scaled head with bat-like ears flies out Ooh. from the alcove that Estrella had pointed out earlier. As it seems to almost snicker and flies toward Estrella, the creature then lashes out with a bite. No. This is not good. This is not good. Ooh. Oh, that's good. Oh, though. that is good. That is, that is good. <laughs> I'll take that. Rolls yes. a natural one and therefore misses. That's excellent. As the creature howls in anger and then goes in for a second bite. Ah. Ooh, that one is much better. Uh, I don't like it. Yeah, is that uh, 16 for a 22? Does that hit you? Yeah, 22 will hit me. Ooh. I will go ahead and kick in my retributive strike. Nice. Do I want to do that? Mm. That sounds fun. <laughs> and apparently these doors are just going to slam closed again. So why not? Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and kick in my retributive strike. So uh, first off, that means that both of them are within 15 feet of me. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go ahead and knock off four points of damage from whatever damage is done to Astraea. 
but that it would normally be nine points of damage. However, I believe that is going to reduce it down to five for Estrella. Okay. As the creature bites and falls into a almost invisible barrier as it tries to gnaw through it. Uh, so yeah, Grim will shout out Dorag to shield her before turning around and hurling his crowbar at a minus two as an improvised ranged weapon. <laughs> because I Yay! do have ranged retributive strike. <laughs> I love throwing uh, things, right. By the way, can I just mm. go ahead and say we should give uh, Grim a hero point for having yeah. a crowbar? Because that's clutch. Okay, Come on, throw fair. in the crowbar. Yeah. I vote for hero points for anyone who throws an improvised weapon because this is my move and I like it. Um, I don't know what the damage on this is, but to make it easier, I'm just going to pull up a pull out a hatchet. I'll say there it's like a I say it's like a club, so one d six. One d six. All right. Yep. That's not bad. I mean, crowbar sounds like an improvised club to me. All right. Wow. That is an eighteen for twenty three wow. with my crowbar. Wow. Yay! Oh my god. <laughs> All right, Gordon. Uh, Grim throws his crowbar <laughs> as it whirls end over end directly into the creature's face. Nice. <laughs> Which is 90% of its body. Yes. Suck on that. <laughs> Creepy face. Uh, go ahead and roll your damage. Ooh, striking for eight points of bludgeoning Ooh, wow. damage as I slam oh, this crowbar into it. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The creature did not like that as it hisses in the general direction of Grim, um, looking up from its temporary meal. However, that is the creature's turn. Mm. Gotta say, I really love the paladin. I know. It's such a, that reaction is so good. Is that is that a champion ability or a paladin ability? Each different type of champion gets a different reaction. And the oh, paladin's okay, okay. reaction is the retributive strike. Yep. And then cool. combine that with ranged retribution gives you a 15-foot yep. immediate action to hit things. That's cool. Usually I use my throwing returning I'm hatch. sorry. There's more than one head. Yeah, Celestine yeah. oh. would let out a screech as another one comes around the corner. Another head oh, flutters Son from around the pillar as it seems to be completely unbothered by these magnetic pulses. What the heck? It's maybe the lack of metal in their bodies. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't and then they the don't corpses have they came body. from had fillings <laughs> by any chance. We only saw one headless body. Not Where's the other ones. one? The, well, uh, this place is big. May just not have found it yet. The other one is the master vampire. Oh, no. <laughs> Put a stake through its heart. Oh, wait, there is no heart. <laughs> the creature, however, flutters from around, hisses, and launches the attack against Celestine. No. Mm. Oh, it's fucking that <laughs> <It's laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Celestine sort of jets out of the way, maybe partly because just she's naturally extremely graceful, partially because there's this magnetic pull on her sword. Uh, she's just trying to wrench it back into position and nearly slams it into the thing as it just sort of takes a moment to flutter back. That is its turn because <laughs> it had to actually fly quite a bit to get around the pillar there. So from there, uh, Celestine, it is your turn. Can I try to disable the pressure plate I'm standing on and stop uh, the crazy electricity pillar? Yeah, technically you can. Um, I believe it is two actions to do so. And I believe a manipulate action also if the thing has a tax opportunity. Mm, That's it true, is. Yeah. It is a manipulate action, so we'll see, but not everything has an attack Alrighty. opportunity. Mm -hmm. I roll a 14 for a 24 on a theory Yay. check to hey, try to good. stop this. Very well. So first of all, to answer uh, the first question, no, the creature does not have an attack of opportunity as it just sort of tries to fly back into position. Celestine, you take a moment, pull out your tools. Uh, I suppose, you know, holding your sword with one hand at this point, because you, know, you have to have uh, these tools free. require two hands to use. Oh, that's true. I'll drop it then. Yeah. Then it so. goes skittering across toward the magnet. 
<laughs> just got all of our weapons just on this wall. It and begins my crowbar. to, <laughs> as you stick your these tools underneath the pressure plate, beginning to furiously try to stop it, disconnect it. You hear another soft click as the electricity dissipates from the central pillar. Yay! Nice. Okay. Yes. You right. think you've stopped it. Hopefully that stops the magnet then. Yeah, is the magnet still seem magnet. to be... Uh, you don't feel the pull anymore. At least it doesn't feel as strong as it was a second ago, so probably. All right. That's one thing, at least. You have another action remaining. Nice. Because it doesn't take an action to pull out these tools, It's as long as you're wearing them on you. I guess I will drop the thieves' tools and grab my sword again. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. And I'll pick my sword back up. Yeah. You leave your thieves' tools on the ground, picking up your sword, and we go to Clove. Uh, Clove's like fully blanches because these are horrifying looking things. Uh, I'm going to start with rage. What is this? <laughs> and then I am going to move. I'm going to kind of move over here to set up a flank for my friend in a second and um, swing my machete down at, or up. How high are they floating, really? Uh, I mean, about five feet off the ground at the moment. Okay, they have to be close across. enough to bite you, so. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to swing across and hit, hopefully hit this uh, this monster with my machete. Which one Very are you well. hitting? The one next to Celestine. So you slice up with your machete. An eight for a 17. With a 17, your machete connects as the scaled, armored hide of the creature deflects it off. Unfortunately, ah, you don't seem to make any deep cut there. Dang it. Ah. That is the end of Clove's turn. The trap is actually disabled. Nice. Sweet. So, oh, that's nice. As the weak electromagnetics well done, that remain slowly bring Grim's crowbar a little closer, but not enough to really make much difference uh, as it shuts down entirely. I would have been very upset if I didn't even get to have a turn before the door closed again. <laughs> that would have been so annoying. It actually would have closed the door again. That would have been hilarious. Exactly, and then I wouldn't have gotten a turn. It would have been horrible. I mean, you would still get a turn. You just have to open the door first, which I think is going to be much I mean, harder for Amaranth. It would be Amaranth like, pulling on these magnetized <laughs> doors trying to get them loose with my zero athletics. Amaranth, however, we saw that there's an open hallway off towards the east, so you just have to run around the entirety of the dungeon, probably in a massive <laughs> counterclockwise circle. <laughs> That had a gate over it, though. Yeah, I thought, mm -hmm. I thought that had a gate on it. Yes, but then you could, you could see through that gate, unlike the door. Oh, and then that's cast true. Through the gate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You could cast through the gate there. I, I love the idea of Amaranth <laughs> running all the way and just pulling everything that's in all those other rooms. Yes, to pulling everybody. six other encounters with you. <laughs> Guys, yeah. you just got to kite it back to us. It's fine. Just back up, cast a spell. Into a known up, dead cast end. Got to be pulling in Indiana Jones as all these spears are being thrown at him. But that said, Amaranth, it is actually your turn, and the door is not shut. Oh, the way fantastic. isn't shut. Uh, so first off, I'm going to do a recall knowledge on what these creatures are. Fair good enough. Idea. Good call. Uh, going ahead and recall knowledge. In this case, occultism. Occultism. Okay, that's good because my occultism is better than my religion. So I wasn't sure what these are considered. Hmm. Well, Ross is getting ready to give you some information and all the rest of that or not. I just want to say Grim nods in approval at the sheer level of dwarven ingenuity here. Considering that in our world, I know, the electromagnet cool wasn't trap. invented until 1825. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, they, although it's probably magical, but Electro still. Electromagnetism is such an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, if those are curious, if you if you have wireless chargers, that's how wireless charging works is electromagnetism. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Magnets, nerds. how do they work? <laughs> well, so here's how it works. Is it, Jordan, <laughs> this is the joke. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for clarification. Is are we going with Vargoil or Vargui? Because I, I we've think used we used both to call in the it Vargui. 
Mm. At least Bar-Gui. in our household, it's Bargui because that's what we call Kenway whenever he's being a little <laughs> <laughs> When I ran one in Mummy's Mask, we received a letter from someone stating that it is of French origin, the same as gargoyle, which gargoyle refers to them being a spout that water comes out of. It actually means mm. throat, uh, which is where gargle comes from. Oh, oh that's interesting. interesting. Anyway. Huh. All right. Okay, so, so it didn't help so with the is, pronunciation at all. So it is Vargui. Okay. <laughs> mm. All right, let's do Vargui then. Okay. So Vargui, they're scavengers from Abaddon. They're, they're like ravens or vultures. They're uh. feeders. Their bite is venomous, and they can paralyze you with a shriek. Wonderful. They also carry a horrible disease to turn you into them. Uh. <laughs> Glove just looks over at you. <laughs> what? So get rid of them quickly is what I heard. I'm already potentially becoming a werewolf, so I'd rather not be a Vargui werewolf. <laughs> okay, that would be kind of cool. You're like a Vargui, <laughs> except on the full moon, and then your head turns into a wolf head. <laughs> oh, man. You're a variant Vargui. I would imagine, or it would be funny if you're immune to becoming one because you're already a werewolf, so it's yeah. like, no, I can only be one thing. I'm sorry. Like, I can only be one monster. These, these conditions yeah. don't stack. I'm adding too many variant ancestries to my template here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, so do I know anything about their, like, resistances? Like, are they resistant to electricity or anything? You might have to make a second recall. Well, we saw them not be affected by electricity in here. Not be affected by magnetics in here. Remember, the doors were closed when the electricity went And through. they have no metal on them. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so in that case, I'm going to cast Electric Arc between the two of them. Fair enough. So they so can they go will... ahead and uh, make me a uh, reflex save. DC 18. Oof. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Well, both that uh, ones. Let's see here. The one in front of Astrea seems to delight in trying to take another bite before your electricity strikes them. The other one seems to almost be laughing at Clove's attempt to hit it earlier before Great. it gets shocked fully in the face as yeah. it well, it's all face, is but, completely know. unable to dodge. Um, That's yeah. what you as in, the one in front of Australia failed, the one in front of Clove critically failed. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so the one that failed takes eight, the one that crit failed takes 16 electricity damage. <laughs> Somehow I feel like we have magnets to thank for this. <laughs> <laughs> as, uh, yeah, Amaris spell blasts both of them. Uh, Astrea, it is this your turn. This me. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to go full on at this one in front of me. Uh, that would be an 18 for a 29. You lash out with your short sword, stabbing up at it. As you catch it in the neck for a critical hit, yeah. uh, go ahead yeah. and double your damage. That'd be eight points of damage. Yeah, the creature takes it as blood pours from the open wound. It gags, though it continues to flutter half drunkenly. All you right, think it's I'm on gonna... its last throats? Not much, <laughs> really. Go for another roll. Let's see. Hit it in the other throat. I don't know how it got to. Nope. <laughs> that's, a, that's a three for a ten. Uh, it seems to lurch out of the way at the last second. You think less because it was trying to dodge and more because it is unable to deal with the pain. But you do miss. Just imagine it's swinging wide. It's like trying to take that second swing at a pinata. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's already it's already moving. You know what? I'm just going to go for broken try to see if I can't drop this because I don't want it to poison us with its varguinus. Yeah. Fargly, which sounded like broccoli, kind of. Ah, no, that's only a five for an eight. I tried. Yeah. Uh, this time you you simply have just attacked too often in uh, such a short span. It's difficult to actually focus properly, but the Vargo is also a very small target, which makes it yeah. difficult as it flutters back and forth uh, just out of reach. And from there, we go to Grim. All right. So, yeah, Grim will go ahead and take a five foot step 
uh, scoop down, pick up his hatchet, and go ahead and swing that at the Vargui that's uh, accosting Estrella. All right. Ooh, that is a 16 for a 24. A nice. 24 strikes your target as you swing, jumping slightly, yep. getting some air as uh, your blade connects with the top of the creature's head. Roll your damage. Very good at jumping. Five points of damage. Very well. You swing as the creature takes it full on uh, at the top of the skull. As you hear a sickening crunch sounds, the creature falls to the ground limply and stops moving entirely. Good teamwork. Yes. That is unfortunately my turn. As we go to the remaining Vargui, who is mostly surrounded at this point, uh-huh. and so breathes in before shrieking wildly, ah. I will need everyone to make a fortitude save. Fortitude, you say? Right. Yes. Oh, nuts. Ooh. <clears throat> Ooh. That's uh, Clove bad gets an eight, for all of us. Eight for a 16. Eight for a 16, very well. Uh, I get a, Amaranth gets a three for an eight. Ooh, that's, that's going to be great. a crit fail. Celestine rolls an 8 for a 14. All right. Uh, Stray got a 13 for a 21. Okay, that's really good. Uh, Grim. I have an important question again. Yes. Uh, was it a joke that I was going to get a hero point for throwing that crowbar? <laughs> or, or was you that know, true? I, you know what? I'll give it to you. Yay! I really thought that was cool. So, uh, generous game master. So I rolled a two. I would like to re-roll that. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. Yes. Ooh, I got a four. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's I got one not of those quite... Jordan hero points yeah, out of the pool. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh, no. Yeah, pretty, more or less a Jordan one. That's, that's unfortunate. That's what I get for suggesting you get a hero point. I gave you, I gave you the cursed one. Yeah. <laughs> No. Uh, so it's a four for 13, though. All right. Well, again, um, good news, bad news. For the good news, Estrella, Clove, you two are fine. Hey, uh, while okay. this is terrifying and also a little bit gross just because of the terrible smell issuing forth from its mouth, Ew. you're able to power through. The rest of you, this is overwhelmingly terrifying. Moreover, there's an almost noxious smell with it as this thing's jaw distends almost entirely. This shriek is just not, you can't think of anything but just how horrifying it is. Uh, unfortunately for the rest of you at the moment, uh, you are paralyzed. Oh God, okay. Mm. Oh, no. That's bad. All right, Estrella, we got this. <laughs> let's see here. The creature then, uh, no! let's see. No, it does a cute little dance. Free action. It does have something it would like to do, but it can't do it this turn. Uh, so instead, it's going to go on ahead and attack Clove. Now. Mmm, that wasn't great. Uh, does a 16 hit Clove? It barely misses. Very well. The hey. creature chomps into your pauldron, though ah. your armor deflects it just barely, as you can actually see rivulets of poison drip down off of it. Bad breath and poison mouth. It needs to brush its teeth. From there, we go to Celestine. Uh, unfortunately, Celestine, you are paralyzed. Though, if you have any purely mental actions, you can take them. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I do. Um, is there anything you can do to against paralyzed in Second Edition? Like, do I get? A, can I make another check, or is it just a time thing? It depends or? on the effect. You can recall knowledge. So, yeah, I mean, you could recall knowledge. <laughs> oh, you could if just you know things, to. but not I share mean, them. It is, yeah, you wouldn't be able to share them, but you could recall knowledge. It's an occultism check. Yeah, I think I'm just going to be angry. Fair enough. (laughs) Celestine, you try your best to power through it. At the end of your turn, actually, wrench yourself free, though unfortunately you can't take any more actions at this point. But it is temporary at the very least. She would let out a frustrated yell and start swearing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Clove, it is your turn. Clove also lets out a frustrated yell and starts swearing. And uh, <laughs> I'll take a little a little guarded step and then I'll, uh, while I'm screaming and whatnot, then I'll uh, strike at this creature. Roll a 14 for a 23. Very well. With a 23, that will hit your flat-footed foe. Great. In fact, uh, that was nearly a critical hit at that point. Oh, so close. Uh, I am going to tip my spirit rage to negative damage because this thing wasn't undead, right? It's as not far undead. as yeah, as far as Amaranth can tell, it's not undead. All right, it can feel free to take fourteen damage. Oh God! Plus <laughs> one striking machete. You here. slice it straight through the thing that. into halves yes. as it falls to the ground limply. It simply dies there before it even has a chance to hit the ground. <laughs> Shiver. Uh, shortly thereafter, Grim and Amaranth both become unparalyzed. Ah, good hit. Blech. Well, those things were disgusting. Disturbing creatures. Is everyone uh, all right? Uh, somewhat. I, he, Amaranth looks down and there's like a blackened like area of his chest where he got hit with the lightning. I don't think that's all that great. Uh, no. Clove just kind of sags a little bit as she loses her rage. I think I have uh, here. I'm going to hand you an elixir of life. Well, do we just want to do some mundane yeah, healing? Can't we just do mundane healing? I mean, if we want to spend time. I'm only down five, so, I mean, hopefully I can just be patched up in, like, ten minutes, right? Yeah, I'm down five as well. Yeah, I mean, I've got a uh, plus five medicine, so I could try bandaging someone up. I mean, I can make a check if you would prefer to do that. I just didn't know if we wanted to spend the ten minutes or whatever, but either way is fine. Well, I don't think anything necessarily immediately comes running at us. Uh, I mean, at the moment, nothing seems to have noticed your fight. I mean, the other doors are closed now, and I assume that portcullis is still dropped. It is still dropped, though at this point you should be able to move it out of the way because it's, you know, not being magnetically pulled into place. All right. Then, yeah, we can heal. We can do some healings. So Amaranth and Estrella. So I guess we each take one. How badly injured is Estrella? I'm only down five. Hmm. I mean, I'll probably be okay. Okay. Grim's but... only down four. I'm also so down four. So how about you bandage up Amaranth because uh, being down four hit points is a much bigger deal for Amaranth than it I'm is. Yeah, I'm down five, yeah. which is a quarter of my hit points. So. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> if you want to patch up Amaranth, I'll go ahead and just use my lay on hands on Astrea. Yeah. And then I can use the 10 minutes you're patching up Amaranth to uh, pray and refocus. regain my focus. Right. Sounds like a plan. Here we go. Synergy. While they're doing that, I'm going to search this room. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Like what happened? Yeah, I figure if after I, I get a little dap of healing, I'm probably going to kind of look around the room. So, yeah, if I could get uh, perceptions for... So, I already got one from Celestine. If I could get one from Estrella as well. I'm just going to go ahead and click around here and pick up all my gear again. Yeah, crowbar, shield, no Torak. Thank you for protecting us through this fight. And also, I wish I'd known something that we had electromagnets. That's a unique <laughs> dwarven cool. invention that I'm sure you inspired as he continues <laughs> to pray. <laughs> thank thank really you for displaying it to me. Please, next time, don't shock me before you show me. <laughs> you learn by thank, doing. Yes, thank you, Torag, for providing me this object lesson. <laughs> Torag's that dad that just lets you loose in the shop. All right. Good luck. Be sure to wear your safety glasses. Go nuts. But if you don't, you might get a cool eye patch. Story? Um, I found a note. A note? It's disturbing. To say the least. Uh, what? Disturbing. Do we find the, the Vargoy's journal? <laughs> <laughs> it wrote with its tongue. <laughs> it was over there in that uh, that Western alcove. 
It says, I warned Kimrick the secrets of the dwarves should remain beneath the ground, but he would not be placated. That is true. We've already lost Martrine, and without his divine guidance, we are truly lost in the dark. Monsters lurk in every shadow, but something worse jangles in the deep. I feel it's evil from afar, like a blistering heat threatening to melt away my soul. The dark smith might be forgotten, but I fear one of his vile servants still prowls these halls, keeping the fires of Draskar burning for hundreds of years. Their shrieks tore my courage from me and left my heart cold. I don't know what they did to me when their rancid-tasting lips locked on mine, but my thoughts jumble now and my hair falls away in bloody clumps. If only Martrine were here, he would know what sickness ails me and pray for my salvation. The only prayer I can muster is that this plague takes me before the hellish, shackled servant of Droskar returns to drag me off in chains as he did Kimrick. I still hear his screams in my mind. Ears wet. Thirst so thirst. Lost in the dark. Tongue gone now. Itchy. Face rot rot. Blood tastes good. Fly soon. Fly. Oh, he journaled his own transformation. Uh, are we are, are we sure? Are we sure we want to be here? Well, we got to find the sheriff, though. The sheriff is here somewhere. It does mean there is something else here than kobolds. Something much worse. Something in the dark. Do any of those names ring a bell? Yeah, do we know any of these people? <laughs> no. Can I make any religion checks pertaining towards Droskar and what this chained servant is? Mm. I'll allow a religion check to recall knowledge. Would the DC be lower if I use my dwarven lore? It would be lower, but it isn't enough of a description that it's going to be very low to begin with. So, okay. I mean, it will help. I'll try my dwarven lore then. Might as well try. Shackled in the dark. And something they created, a servant. This this doesn't remind me of anything specifically, but there are various protectors. We dwarves are, let us simply say, jealous of our finds and protective of our homes. It's not uncommon for us to create defenders. Summon horrific things from that chain people and drag them off into the darkness? It could only be horrific depending on one's perspective. The shield guardians of Torags are stone statues that animate to defend the forges of Torag. It could be something akin to that. However, this is a place of Droskar. Yes. The Vargui is uh, not native to uh, Galarian. It's actually from Abaddon. So possibly there's at least some type of uh, demonic influence. The Vargui are an interesting addition here. You said that they're creatures of Abaddon. Originally, yes, though they can reproduce by infecting paralyzed individuals with a, a disease, which was chronicled in uh, that note there. I shiver. Hmm. Well. Poor guy. Droskar's realm lies in the abyss, unsurprisingly, as far from the hulls of Torak as could be. Mm. Abaddon is a separate plane um, adjacent to the abyss, but no, these would not be, normally speaking, direct servitors, although... Considering he mentioned the hair falling out, one of these could have been the person in the hallway's head, and then one of them could have been the affected person. The other one may have been the original creature, but there still could be another Fargui somewhere in this complex. And the wording in there, what was it, Celestine, about the chained being, uh, keeping hot the forges of Droskar? Oh... He may return to relight the fire that I extinguished in the previous room. 
I was going to suggest maybe setting a trap, but if this thing's that scary, I don't know if we could put anything there that would actually do anything. Setting a trap would imply an ambush, and we need to find the sheriff as quickly as possible. If we have to face this creature, we can face this creature, but if this creature is just here keeping looters and squatters out... Well, the kobolds are here. Yes, I was just thinking that. Maybe they're serving it. Or perhaps it only attacks if one attempts to extinguish the forge, or perhaps it only attacks if someone attempts to take something from this place. Is is anyone more scared because Grim doesn't know what the, the horrible chain guy is? It does worry me a little. He knows, like, everything about dwarves. Well, somehow their priest friend Martine died, and then Kimrit got dragged off, and then whoever wrote the note got turned into a Vargui, so... There were three? There were at least three of them. There's one less than a standard adventuring party. Mm, How dare they break the laws of adventuring? (laughs) This is why they failed. They didn't have a rope. I'm thinking of the math, because you said you got to have one to infect, so that meant there could be possibly three of these. At minimum, there's one more Vargui. Well, no, there doesn't necessarily have to be another Vargui. There could be the one that turned. Yeah, there had to be the initial one. And we fought two. two. So it might just be the two, but there might be a third. It's also possible that they killed the original Vargui. That's true. But he didn't mention that they were both changing. The only one that changed that we know of is the one one guy. So there might not be another one. Yeah, there might not be Or there might be an advanced Vargui around here. We can't be sure. God. There might be a Vargui swarm, for all you know. No. That is true. No. If that's not a thing, you should make it, Ross. I may have. I won't <laughs> <No>. say. <laughs> either, either way, we should keep going. Well, there's this hallway that goes off in the other direction, and these other two alcoves that don't lead anywhere else, and we have those several hallways we left behind us. If we're fortunate, whatever this shackled thing in the darkness is, is a golem or construct of some form. It may just be following its commands. Can go- can golems or whatever pray? Yes, the, the fire was lit with uh, divine magics. It depends on whether or not it possesses any form of intelligence. A mm. life spark, if you will. Additionally, if the prayer is just a number of steps, something that could be commanded, something that could be wrote in routine, a feasibly construct could even perform something akin to that. It can't have faith, but it could perform an action such as an anointment, if it was commanded to do so. Whatever it is, it must be immortal to still be here after all of these years. Mm. Again, this place has been abandoned as long as I've been alive. That's a long time. It's a very long time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Alternatively, the worst case scenario is that it's an immortal being, like an outsider. Well, um, awakened constructs that have been given uh, a certain um, level of intelligence, uh, life, life spark, spark, as you said, yes. um, it's not impossible, it's, it's just exceedingly rare uh, and, and not controllable. Magically speaking, you there, you can't just do it, it's more spontaneous. Um, mm. More likely, I think it is a demon. Oh, well, well, great, great. This just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a demon would make sense with his home in the abyss. How about, mm. how, how about we just keep going? Well, sometimes I like to stop and have a role play segment while we discuss our plans. But, <laughs> but no, you're scaring yeah. me. Well, and I, I don't suppose any of you have any abilities of banishing outsiders. Oh, yeah. Yes, do, I just do, do, I do that like occasionally. I, have that? I was I mostly have thinking sword. about Grim. Grim just smiles and pats his hatchet on the front of his shield. 
I banish him the old-fashioned way. I banish way. things with extreme violence. <laughs> That's how I banish things. If any of us could banish something, it would be you, Amaranth. <laughs> well, uh, then we're we are sadly out of luck. What about you, Reggie? Can you banish demons? <laughs> Reggie's got one class <laughs> level of cleric suddenly. <laughs> That's not enough Here, to banish anything. Me let me maybe if I learned a, a ritual, I could. It, it just, I don't know one right now, so. I don't think Reggie's capable of banishing anything but a grape into his stomach. Amaranth pats <laughs> Reggie on the head. The magic beans didn't teach me how to do that, yes. so I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I get for getting arcane magic beans and not divine beans. That's divine what I get from buying these magic beans off of some guy on the side of the road. He wanted to trade them for a horse, but I was like, I'll just give you gold, man. Or not a cow. Yeah. Sad part is we can speculate all we want, but until we see it, I don't think we can know what we're going to face. Until it jumps out of the shadows to drag us into the dark, yes. It just keeps getting worse. Let's stop talking about it. Well, now that we're aware of it, I'm hoping it's not going to be able to sneak up on us. I look at my five perception and hope. I have a seven. <laughs> I have a seven. I've we're only second four. level. I look at my yes, second as a level. Reminder, and we go, are second mm, level, so I'm hoping it's not too big of a demon. <laughs> but baby we demon. are dead. I'm only trained, so. All right. Then, uh, yes, yeah, suppose right? um, make our way up to the front. Grim will go ahead and take point. Um, I'll all keep right. using the uh, shield raised uh, exploration yeah, but action. Are we leaving all those empty hallways behind us or are we continuing out the only other way out of here? I feel like if anything hurt us fighting. It would have already come. Well, and I also feel like it would be from the passageway out of here. And the, the doors made a, I assume, a pretty loud clang when they shut. We're doing a counterclockwise situation. Yeah, I, I know that, uh, yeah. and Grim will share this. With Grim's dark vision, he saw that there was a door at the end of the hallway when we first came in to our left. At the end of the hallway, there was the intersection after we fought the kobolds to our left. So there's already two doors that we left down there and maybe a connecting hallway between them. And then that fountain room that we haven't gone. I kind of feel like we just keep going this way. Yeah, and then we'll essentially circle back. Yeah, yeah, we don't know okay. if it circles gonna... back, though. That's the thing. We don't thing. know if it's, and if it dead ends over here. We just well, and, close and off we'll this dead end and go back the other way. And and based on what we believe mm -hmm. as far as where the forge was and some and the note, it, there is some way to go down. So there is a second yes. floor of this place. So yeah, we'll finish this floor before we go down. We'll definitely finish yeah. this floor first. So it's just a matter of if we find the stairs here or more towards the fountain room. Little do we know it's not stairs. It's a trap that slides you down. Oh, <laughs> I hope it's not one of those slides. Don't so you decide ideas. to uh, head off into the open hallway that basically goes to the east. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Keep your ears out for jingling. Yes. Jangling of doom. Jingleheimer Schmidt over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, his name is my name, too. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but uh, Grim and Clove are e easily both able to push the grate basically back up against the ceiling. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort to do so. Again, now that the magnetic pulses are... Uh, no longer functional. Mm. And from there, the hallway seems to continue to stretch the work stone going another 20 or so feet before it goes off to your left. Well, let's see what we can find then. Okay. Actually, it only just occurs to me. Mm. Can we check and see if there's any tracks in here? Like, did the kobolds drag them this way? Because uh, I, I'd wonder whether or not they would have taken the sheriff this direction. Because I believe you did try point. tracks uh, back in the opening room yeah. and you couldn't find any particular direction, but you can try again if you wish. I mean, this is a new room, so maybe there'd be maybe something we here. Can try. I mean, I am trained in survival, so. I'm I mean, also trained in survival, so. Yeah, tracks yeah, on stone are hard, but. I'm more wondering whether or not we can see any like residue left over from the slurk or anything like mm. that, because it's a big oozy that's frog. Fair. Yeah. 
got a 19 for a 24. Uh, I roll a 9 for a 13. Celestine rolls a 4 for an 8. She doesn't see squat. Uh, I got a 12 for a 17. 16 for a 21. All right. Taking a look, uh, the first thing all of you note is that there doesn't seem to be any sign of slurt tracks or anything along those lines. Um, the interesting thing about uh, this particular hallway, though, is that you do note that it is completely clear of debris, as in there doesn't seem to be much in the way of dust or spider webs or anything that hmm. you know some animal might have left here. It seems to actually have been maintained hmm. as if something goes through here and cleans it. Or... I suddenly don't want to go down this hallway. Yeah. <laughs> um, looking for tracks themselves. You do note Clove would note this, though Grim soon thereafter. You like caves, Clove. Splunking. Uh, I, I guess. I, I, I like forest better. Fair I enough. like caves. Oh, hey, look. Dwarf footprints. Yes. Like heavy. Just one. Well, not one foot, but like one, one dwarf. Yes. A single set. Are they coming and going or? Yep. Wait, so a there's a dwarf here? It could be the shackled guy. It could be. Yes. Or it could just be a man wearing dwarven boots. <laughs> Technically possible, yeah. But it seems likely that it is a dwarf. Or something dwarf-like. It does not appear that our kobolds have gone this way, but I think perhaps we should still explore and keep ourselves ready. Yep, something goes this way. My money's on a skeletal champion or perhaps a grave knight. No! No, <laughs> grave knight, please. <laughs> We're not equipped to kill those. Definitely not. Ooh, that's a long hallway. Uh, yes, as you proceed uh, about 20 feet to find that the hallway to your left stretches uh, beyond the light that Amaranth can provide all of you, um, beyond the light wow. that Clove is providing as well. However, Grim, your dwarven eyes can see that it is maybe so almost 100, 100 feet, feet long, yes. somewhere Jeez. along those lines. You actually Dang. see two different hallways branching off from here, both to the left. One is about 60 feet away from you. The other is about the full length of this hallway, 100 feet away from you. You know what I appreciate? A good right angle. I don't know. Uh, I like some curves. <laughs> I, I, I like buildings. I don't know. <laughs> I'm confused. What does it have to do with the hallway? Oh, I'm just... I'm enjoying being back underground and in the dwarven halls, but uh, the hall's some 100 feet in length. So to say none of I don't think any of the rest of the party can actually see the nope. uh <laughs> I've only got low light vision so I can only see twice as far as uh, yeah. everybody else. Uh second edition nope. you do not yep. see twice as far everything is just twice as bright. Yep. It works to where low light works as bright illumination for you. Ah yep. okay. So yeah, you actually don't get any uh penalties for concealment while something is in low light and something is not concealed to you. There's a a hallway that connects with this one some 60 feet ahead of us and then another another 40 feet or so past that is another hallway both of them are on our left hand side maybe looping okay. back towards the center of the complex so do we keep going or backtrack if we turn around now we're leaving something at our back if we go forward we're leaving something at our back I say we stay the course for now so onward although maybe I would suggest um, either Estrella or Celestine take a step back to uh uh, walk alongside Amaranth there. Well, I need to be close to the front and so make sure you don't step on anything. True. So okay, does Estrella want to swore if something comes up from behind us that Estrella might I, be able to attack of opportunity or I can it. step back. I mean, 
granted, he's three feet taller than me, so <laughs> I mean, he's still a pretty good cover. target. But I, I can, I got reach with the sword. That's I true. Like that you're like, I'll protect everything from his hips down. <laughs> yeah. Just the important stuff, I guess. <laughs> so let's see. We'll pull Amaranth forward so he's standing next to her. There, you're between Grim and Estrella now. And you. However, if, uh, <laughs> if something were to grab Ooh. us and pull us away into the darkness, it would probably go for the smallest of us. They can try. Well, yes, that's that's why you're, you're guarding the rear. You're bait. That's Ooh. bait. That being said, and, you know, even with your tiny little halfling legs, I think you're still faster than I am, because I think halflings still have a 25-foot movement speed. Yes, I have 25. They're quick little... Little buggers. Quick little legs. Hey, as a short person, we can keep up with all you long-legged people just fine. We have learned to adapt. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Just saying. Except for Amaranth, who actually outpaces everyone. I was going to say, I actually literally outpace everybody. Just to clarify, though, my wife is not three feet tall, so... (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I'm (laughs) 5'4". So noted. (laughs) Are we going to go around and give a quick round of heights from everyone? No. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. So from Me there, and then, Heather are the tiny ones in this yes. group of giants. Yep, it's true. <laughs> I get to be a middle. <laughs> All of the friends we have are five nine and up. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, Grim yeah. walks forward, still taking that guarded shield action. I'm seeking. I'm detecting magic. Very well. As you all walk forward and uh. find that the first intersection you come to, there is a small... 10 feet section of hallway before it ends in a door to your left. Oh. I say we check the door. Yeah. I say Celestine checks the door. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we learned from the last room. Well, yes. I mean, technically speaking, Heather did roll for the last room. That's true. That's true. Just happens. That 10 foot Second trap level, y'all. Door looks good. All right. Well, prepare yourselves. Oh, actually, can I check real quick and see if there's any tracks in front of this door? Is this where the dwarf is going? Um, yeah, you can go ahead and make a survival check here. Again, I know the odds aren't great, but yeah, uh, 10 for a 15. It's hard to tell. You're not certain. Uh, Stray is staying in the hallway and keeping a lookout. Do you have a light source? I'll pull a torch. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I need to invest in a little, like, belt lamp, like in Bloodborne. Mm, <laughs> that'd be nice. That only slightly illuminates more. Hey, better than nothing. It's not the most worthless item in Bloodborne. The most worthless item in Bloodborne is the uh, the jeweler's loop that they call a telescope or whatever that zooms in like two feet. Whoa. Yeah. Useless. So worthless. Anyway. But uh, with Celestine's cleared, do you open the door? Yeah. Grim will uh, reach out, grab onto the door, shove it open. You shove open the door, again, to really no sound at all, as the doors here, for the most part, with the exception of the metal ones from earlier... Don't make any creaks or groans. It's almost like, again, these have been well-maintained or just maybe extremely well-designed. Just fine dwarven architecture. Grim smiles. Every time we open a door, he smiles, and we're just like, this guy's just alive. To himself, like- <laughs> Grim is having entirely too much fun. Ooh. The door opens uh, to a large chamber. Again, maybe some 30 feet at a side. This is, a, uh, you think, a square chamber, actually, almost perfectly so. Probably perfectly uh, so. <laughs> it almost certainly is perfectly so. Uh, that at one point seems to be perhaps some sort of living quarters. You can see a a stone foundation bed and the lower or to your left and back in the corner. Uh, the actual mattress itself does seem to have worn the passage of time much worse than the rest of the room. 
as it has started to molder and decay, uh, made out of, you guess, organic materials, unlike the stone foundation under it. It was not fine dwarven craftsmanship. No. <laughs> I know it wasn't meant to sound creepy, but nothing sounds worse than a bed made of organic material. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that sounds dubious. <laughs> that is true. But I mean, what are you going to make it out of? You know, literal stone? Uh it's true. Dwarves that doesn't make me wonder, do dwarves stone. sleep on stone, like just regular stone, or do you do they sleep on like mattresses and stuff? They have mattresses and furs and mm -hmm. all the rest of that stuff. But like during the quest for the sky, where do they get that? Well, you just kill underdark creatures that are fuzzy. <laughs> yes. Dwarves have a long history of goats, including Darklane's goats, I assume. Yes. <laughs> uh, in addition to this, not far from the bed is an actual anvil. Looking hmm. at it, it does seem to be a crafter's anvil, one used for the making of virtually any sort of tool or weapon that you might that you might want to design. Standing hmm. over it is a stone statue of a strong dwarven figure that doesn't seem to have a particular facial design. The face seems to be largely blank, but otherwise the statue is designed to look much like a dwarf holding a single hammer as if it is about to strike the forge. On the right-hand side, you see a stone desk uh, that actually also seems to have weathered the passage of time very well. Uh, the desk itself is still neat. There are several pages and notes on it, though these seem to be older. And most concernedly, going back to the anvil, you see a skeleton that seems to be kneeling before it. The skeleton is situated between the statue and the anvil, and from what you can tell, its head has been caved in, though mm. how you're not certain. The statue came to life. Before you have a chance to determine this, however, a small creature flutters out no. from behind the desk. I was like, it's another Vargoy. I know, me too. Okay, no, <laughs> uh, no. This one perhaps stands maybe a foot, foot and a half tall in total. The creature's strange form vaguely resembles that of a dwarf with no beard, though with leathery bat-like wings springing from its back. <laughs> the creature looks all of you and speaks in Dwarven, which I know several members of the party yeah. speak. Indeed. Leave my master's place alone. This is not for you. He will come back. He will come back for me, I swear. Before the creature lunges to the attack. Oh my. Okay, take a deep breath. <laughs> the creature's already moving toward all of you. He's been, in, he's been in here a little too long. Ugh. Yeah. All right. The little creature does not seem to give you time to make your case, or at the very least doesn't seem to want to give you time to make your case. Uh, let's go on ahead and get a roll, a round of initiative. Clove, what did you get? Clove rolled a 16 for a 23. Very well. And Amaranth. Amaranth rolled a four for an eight. Excellent. Celestine. Celestine rolls an 8 for 15. Alrighty. And from there, Estrella. Uh, Estrella got a 12 for 19. Alright. Sounds nice. Nice. And finally, Grim. Grim is looking at a 7 for 12. Ooh. Well, still though. Could be better. Uh, could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. That could be better. But, you know, that's alright. And from there, uh, we will go on ahead and get started. Clove, you have first initiative. What would you like to try to do? Uh, what is this thing? I'm going to try to know what this thing is. All right. You can go on ahead and roll me Arcana. Interesting. Uh, it's it, a homunc homunculus? Like a uh, like a familiar? Like a Reggie? <laughs> like me? 
Um, Doesn't look like me. It's deceptively not like Reggie. I, I think Clove is gonna... Okay, so one action recalled knowledge. Uh, second action, I'm gonna walk over to this thing. Uh, third action, I'm gonna try to grab it. All right, so Clove <laughs> walks around the room, goes behind the desk, and then attempts to grapple, I believe. So that will yes. be an athletics check. It seems small and upset. I don't know what it's yelling, but um, a 13 for a 21. Athletics? Very well. A 21 will beat your target's uh, fortitude TC <laughs> as you reach out and grab the small thing, basically, from the desk. Uh, it begins to yell at you in, in things that you, I don't believe Clove speaks nope, for. No, Clove's like, I don't know what you're yelling about. Let me go. Let me go. I will get back to the master. Let me go, you f monstrous fiend. It's okay. We're friends now. Uh, We're friends now. I don't know what it's saying. Me? Oh, yeah. That's right. You don't speak Dwarven. No, I don't speak Dwarven. It's funny that that's what she goes with. We're friends now. Uh, Astraea, I believe it is now your turn. That was three actions from Clove. I figure Astraea is probably like, what's going on in there? A, a homunculus friend is very upset. He's certainly not our friend. Oh. I, I think <laughs> no, 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 he's ranting and raving about how he has to uh, kill us for his master, basically, what? or defend this place for his master. Why, why, why would you say that? He was probably it, some sort of evil priest of Droskar. Uh -huh. I think I'm gonna uh, delay and stay in the hallway uh, and let y'all deal with this. <laughs> I don't know about that. Estrella's <laughs> gonna <enough>. delay. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. So let's see here. Estrella delays. So Celestine. Celestine will move into the room across the desk from Clove. And then in Dwarvish, why don't you calm down and we can have a conversation? Christagar would not want me to calm down nor talk to anybody who isn't one of us. What's a one of us? You know we're not one of you. Is, is, this a, is this a racial thing or is this a, a, a cult <laughs> thing? Christagar is the servitor of the Dark One. Oh, it's the he name will on come the back wall. And he will smite all of you. No, oh, okay. <laughs> it's the name that we saw on the wall when we first came in, the story about yes, the, priest the priest. And, yes. Yes. Oh, dang. So this little thing serves the last high priest of Droskar that was here. So I don't think it's our friend, Clove. Isn't, isn't that guy dead? Yes, he's ranting about it coming back. Oh. He's probably going to bite you. Well, if he bites me, I'll rage and then we'll have a fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll ready in action to attack this little homunculus thing when it inevitably tries to bite Clove. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. So you ready a reaction to strike? Uh, Astraea, would you like to re-enter? Uh, it's going to be Grim's turn next if you don't want to. No, because I don't want to leave Amaranth in the hallway by himself. So I'm I'm going to wait until everybody's in the room Boy. and then come in. Fair enough. Oh, God. Yeah, that would be bad. You're all fighting this thing. And then Amaranth's like, oh, where's Amaranth? Uh, yeah. So I, I will well. continue oh. my, my bodyguarding at the moment. <laughs> so Grim, it is your turn. Yeah, Grim will go ahead and stride forward. Uh, so he's standing up next to Celestine. Your master is gone. And he will not be returning. And Droskar's faith has faded from this land. Surrender and we can treat. Otherwise, he just kind of hefts the, the hatchet. Sounds like an intimidate check to me if you want to go ahead and do that. I don't mechanically want to demoralize him. Fair enough. Uh, I will also ready an action, though, to All attack right. if the uh, creature turns hostile on us. It already Sounds feels like good. it is, but... I don't want to <laughs> swing a hatchet at Clove's hand grabbing this thing. Yeah, Clove would be pretty fair. traumatized. <laughs> I was holding it. We murdered it. 
So we go to the creature. Christagar would never abandon us. He will come back. You will see. I will pave the way for him to return. The god is false and cowardly. Uh, the creature then turns <laughs> and lashes out, biting at Clove, um, which I believe triggers reactions from Celestine and Grimm. Yes. I'll take the swing. Chapa. Yes. It's technically grabbed or grappled. It sure. is grappled, but it is not trying to. Yeah, so it is flat footed. Ugh. I only roll a two for an 11. I, however, roll a 16 for a 24. A 24 will strike your target, and 11 sadly does not. Yeah. Uh, as uh, Celestine overcompensates for not trying to strike Clove's hand, which is fair. I yeah. imagine it's a very small target. Whereas Grim's hatchet slices true. Uh, striking it for five points of damage. The creature shrieks as the hatchet draws a sort of greenish goo from it. Blah. It doesn't seem to have blood Ew. in the traditional sense. But the creature does continue to make it strike as it tries to bite the hand that holds it. I do not think that a nine is going to do it, though. It doesn't. It doesn't do it. Uh, the creature will keep trying as it lashes out with another bite for a 13, which I also don't think is going to do it. Nope. Mm. I mean, at this point, could try to wiggle out, but it would be taking a minus 10 to that. It's going to take a minus 10 to attack anyway. Uh, it'll just keep trying to bite, basically. So let's go ahead and do this one last time. And uh, no, a 12 is definitely not going to yeah, do no. it. So <laughs> the creature tries to bite and just can't get through Clove's gauntleted hand. Ah. Christagar, watch me! Drosgar is a selfish master, and any of his servants would be equally selfish. Huh. They care nothing for their servants. I will toil till the end. You'll toil in vain. Amaranth, it is your turn. <laughs> uh, okay, so Amaranth is going to move uh, into the room. Get a nice clear shot here on the homunculus. Save us, Amaranth. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it would like to, tr uh, what, what did you say, treat? Uh, so he will no. treat it, he will treat it uh, to an electric arc. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's in close hands. I mean, so rules fine. as written, technically know, it's still. fine. Yeah, but yeah. The, 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 it does not hit anybody I don't target because yeah. that's the way it's written. So because I, magic. Because <laughs> magic. So it oh, needs to make man. me a reflex save while it's grappled. <laughs> I always right. feel a little bad for this if it wasn't screaming and trying to kill I was going to say, if it wasn't trying yes. to bite Clove's hands, I would feel bad and maybe yeah, do something else, but, you know. Uh, that is a natural one. I yeah. think we fourth one today. <laughs> All right, uh, so I roll uh, six points of damage, so it can take 12 electricity damage. I'm going to laugh if you explode this thing in her hands. I'm going to be so upset. The creature Oh, pops. my God. <laughs> <laughs> A greenish patch of goo just covers all of Clove's hand. Oh and you God. think about half of her forearm as... I'm, I'm just imagining it's it's the Mars attacks when they realize there's the song that makes their heads explode. Oh as a whitish force flies forth from the creature... Okay. It almost um. seems to coalesce into, again, the form of this dwarven homunculus, which wags its finger at all of you and tries to say something, though none of you can actually understand what it's saying at this point, almost as if it has no voice anymore. Before the spirit flies fully into the statue oh, by the anvil, which judders and oh. shudders 
and begins to move. Oh, I want to re-enter the initiative. <laughs> I was sitting there, I was like, maybe that's a golem because they had his head caved in before. I did not call the homunculus can possess it. Well, this seems like a much more fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel like I did a bad thing by critically this thing? <laughs> I want to re-enter the initiative. <laughs> <laughs> and we will pick it up here next time. My God. Ooh, we should have known it was That's too easy. That's a good easy. cliffhanger. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> what have I wrought? <laughs> Oh, heck. Oh. The scene is completely hilarious in my head because I can only imagine that it's the character of Clove, <laughs> but it's like, one of those <laughs> 80s movies where they're wrestling with what's obviously a puppet. Puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ah, ah, oh, no. I, saw the, uh, I saw the MST3K uh, rendition of Hobgoblins the other day, and I was thinking about that the whole time for this fight. Oh it is a God. ridiculous movie. <laughs> Oh, oh well, we'll see uh, how Foxtrot Squadron gets on with that statue. But uh, <laughs> good luck, y'all. It's definitely turning into a grab Foxtrot. anything ever again. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine that Amaranth just walked in the room and Clove just looks up and then suddenly it explodes and she's just like, ah! <laughs> it's fully like. And all you like, see is Amaranth just arcane runes, around, <laughs> runes coming from his hands. As like, it well, like, what are you doing, Amaranth? What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, but we'd like to take a moment, however, to etch into stone, that is, our gratitude for our patrons. In fine dwarven craftsmanship and handwriting. Uh, we could not be exploring these ancient dwarven ruins. We could not be uh, dealing with magnetic traps or giant statues without your help. And so we would like to take a moment to thank all of you. We appreciate your support. And uh, until next time, good luck out there, Path Folk. Bye, everybody. Oh, oh my god, this I can't believe I popped that. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not truly dead because it floated over there to the thing, so it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah it it's just not... destroyed one of its bodies, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Now it's got a new body, a bigger body. Not even its final form. Yeah. That's <laughs> <not good. laughs>